Hello, everybody. Welcome to Health Chatter. Today's episode is on the illusion of immortality, which actually links to a lot of the different health aspects that we've talked about on many of our shows. So stay tuned on this. It's going to be interesting show with um, many of our crew who will be chiming in as well. We've got a great crew. Uh, we have researchers, Maddie Levine-Wolf, Aaron Collins, Deandra Howard, and Sheridan Nygaard all do excellent background research for us. Give us some ideas, give Clarence and I some ideas uh, what to talk about on, on these shows. And also, Sheridan does our, our marketing, so thank you for that. Then we have Matthew Campbell, who's our production manager, make sure that the show's come out clearly for all of you. There will be a show typically every Friday. So watch your watch your po- your favorite podcast to uh, to check in your podcast channel. In addition, thanks, many thanks goes to Clarence Jones. We have uh, a great great colleague. We have a good time doing this show and uh, we're learning a lot. So Clarence, thank you. Thank you also to Human Partnership our sponsor for all of our shows. It's a great community health organization that does wonderful things out there, very creative. And I I recommend highly that you check out their website at humanpartnership.org and ours as well at healthchatterpodcast.com. So thank you to everybody. So, all right, let's get this this show going. This is kind of an interesting concept. I'll tell everybody uh, a little bit of a story. When I was um, working on my my master's in um, public health, I had a a very interesting conversation in the home of a colleague of mine, Michael Bazeman, and we were talking about prevention and and health promotion. And um, frankly, the the concept of the illusion of immortality really uh, came out of that conversation when Mike said to me, he said, you know, when you really get down to it, when you're talking about prevention, when we all talk about prevention, what are we trying to do? The ultimate form of prevention is really preventing death. And uh, and we all know um, in our heads that that can't be. But there is that illusion around it that kind of drives us. And also it drives how we respond to our health, how we take care of our health and what we do to um, actually maintain it using various things. So What's interesting is um, the illusion of immortality or the concept of immortality is embedded in um, medicine and in public health. The symbol, for instance, the symbol of medicine is called the caduceus, which um, if any of you have seen it, it's a combination of a staff, like a cane, a staff, and a serpent. The serpent is really the symbol of immortality. And it is um, embedded not only in the concept of medicine, but public health as well. 
for instance, and, and you'll see pictures of this. If you go to our website, you'll see pictures of this. The first physician, according to Greek legend, was Asclepius. And um, in, in the picture that you'll see, you will see the staff and the serpent that he's, he's holding onto. The staff represents kind of the traveling nature of a physician. And again, the serpent is immortality. How is it that a physician can help us to live forever? Interestingly enough, he had a daughter, Hygieia, that became the symbol of public health. And she too carries a snake in her hand, a serpent in her hand. Again, the concept of immortality. All embedded historically, and it's all in our minds as we proceed through life. Clarence, some, some of your initial thoughts about immortality. I am, you, know, you know what, Stan? I, I, I want to just tell you this. I, I, I love what you just said because it's so interesting. I mean, you started off talking about, you know, uh, uh, your work. Uh, and so uh, my 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 concept, my my thinking about immortality really was shaped by my, my Christian upbringing. You know, the whole idea about life after death. I mean, so immortality and death were, were just kind of combined. But it's interesting when you talked about the uh, the symbolism. I always thought about snakes as death. Yeah, interesting. You know what I mean, so, 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 so as you were talking about this whole thing, uh, I, I just want to enter into this conversation. And I really, I'm really excited that we have our, our, um, our colleagues, uh, our younger colleagues who are, for part of this, because it was it was a conversation that that was generated by them that caused me to really want to enter this question. So I'm just here to learn uh, immortality, uh, uh, and I think it, it comes from this whole idea about being young. You don't think about death. You think about you're going to live forever. So therefore, you're willing to take all kinds of risk. You really do all those kinds of things, and so it's just kind of interesting. So I'm ready to. I'm ready to rock and roll and talk about this topic. So that's my that's my initial thought. You know, when you think about um, immortality, um, again, I think there's a balance that that we that we all kind of keep in our head. One is um, how we live life, mm -hmm. just the process of living, and then at the same time, we kind of balance it with. Um, call it restoration okay mm -hmm. it's like when you get sick how is it that you restore yourself so that you can keep going and there's that constant balance um going going forward mm -hmm. you know you for me i'll tell you for me uh, yeah it really hits you i think um you know the concept of of immortality is is struck Mm -hmm. um when you lose somebody mm -hmm. okay for the for the um mm -hmm. for the first time or you know even even if it's uh, for me you know like you know my father passed away when i was young and so um that created a um a dent in me for mm -hmm. um the rest of my life and that also um provided kind of a sense of mortality okay mm -hmm. it's like a, that idea of geez you know what's next for yeah. for me yeah. um 
You know, what I'm saying? So I, and I don't know if that's true of most people. If it, if immortality or or mortality is really addressed for the first time when you lose somebody. You know, I think Sam. What's interesting to me uh, in in what you're saying is this: is that um, I I think sometimes the way that we address this issue is based on our our worldview. Uh, you know, the, uh, some for some folks, uh, this is the only life we get. So you you gonna yeah. do everything yeah. you can at at this particular point, and and and, and that's it. and that's that's how they how they determine their life. But for me, the whole idea about uh, immortality is one that we all struggle with. And so I just want to hear from the from the from my younger colleagues their thoughts about immortality. What do they what do they think? I mean, what's their worldview? Because I mean, we don't have to agree. We just have to have a conversation. So, uh, my 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 fellow colleagues, uh, younger colleagues, not Stan and I are out. Uh, what are your <laughs> thoughts about immortality? Sheridan, Betty, yeah, I can go ahead. Yeah, I can go ahead for sure. Um, so I think I was the one that kind of sparked this conversation in the first place in one of the other episodes, we have several episodes on death, dying, hospice care, a lot of these things bring up these thoughts and feelings of mortality and immortality. And I, like Stan, had been around death pretty young. And you know, you're confronted with the reality of death when um, you don't even necessarily have a full understanding of what it means to be alive. That was my mm -hmm. experience. Um, sure. And as I grew up and I continued to be surrounded by death and dying, um, as I grew up and I got a little bit older, I realized despite seeing death, I, I did have an illusion of immortality probably up until I was like 21. I think that might have something to do with brain development. That might have to do with, you know, education, learning. Um, I'm not really sure, but now that I'm I'm 25 now and I work with uh, particip research participants that are um, 70, 80, 90, 100, um, and seeing, seeing and speaking with these people on a day-to-day -day basis that are at a much different place in their timeline of life than I am, um, they remind me of my mortality. At, and despite me being so young, I think about that. And I think that it has such a positive impact on my life, believe it or not, because I, I've turned myself into a little bit of a yes man, where I don't say no to things unless there's a really, really good reason for me not to do things, because mm -hmm. I know that I might not have this opportunity again in my lifetime. And life mm -hmm. is to be lived while you're alive. And so I think that without the reminder that I get from my research participants, from the elders in my life, I don't think I would have the same outlook. And I truly think it makes me a better person. And I, mm. I don't think I always had this outlook. I definitely had the illusion of immortality when I was, you know, you're 16, you're like, what could happen? Like, I'll mm -hmm. speed, I'll do these crazy things. Um, nothing could possibly happen. When you get older, you realize anything could happen <laughs> at any moment, anything can happen. Um, yeah. So that's kind of been my, my transition, at least. Um, and I know that that's kind of a unique position to be in at my age. But I do think it's a positive thing in my lifetime. Well, I agree with you. I, I think that that I mean, what you're saying uh, resonates with me, Sheridan. I think that you know, and as an observation, I see that I see that it's kind of like a maturity that that you that you convey. But uh, uh, you know, I was thinking about about this this issue of immortality. I remember as a kid. I'm not. I hope I'm. I, 
I, I'm not a history major, but do you remember the stories? Of, was it Ponce de Leon? I'm trying to I'm trying to use my my Spanish here. Uh, wasn't he the guy that was looking for the fountain of youth? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was that was one of the stories that 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 I, you know, as a kid, I, I just kept reading over and over again. This guy, he kept looking for the fountain of youth someplace in Florida, someplace, I don't know, in in, in yeah. America, like that. But it was, but but that whole idea about about immortality and 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 the various ways in which it's it's conveyed and portrayed is so uh it just it, it, in in a variety of different ways it, it comes at us in different forms, and so whether we think whether we we use the term immortality or not, we're always thinking about it because it's always a way in which we look at the way in which we take risk. You know, I'm not a big risk taker. I mean, I don't I don't I don't do crazy stuff. You know, and I don't know that it's that I'm trying to uh, be immortal. Uh, it's just that that's just my view of the world. You know, it's interesting. Um that's called the fountain of youth yeah yep. as opposed to the fountain of life yeah okay yeah so that, my 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 sense is is you know is everything that is good or is longevity immortality mm. connected to just being younger as we get older that's not mm -hmm. the case all right, because there are certain things that are are done to extend our 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 life our lifetime. Mm -hmm. Sheridan, yeah, that I love that you guys are going the youth route with this because there was research Deandra put together, and this is something I've also just noticed in my my day to day life on social media and being in a Sephora. I don't know when the last time you two stepped into a Sephora, um, but I've been in a Long few time, of them. Though. Yeah, I've been in a few of them recently, and the demographics have actually changed. Of Sephora, uh, customers are getting younger and younger. There's eight, nine, ten year olds in there getting anti aging serums for wow. their face. I am not even kidding you. It is a real phenomenon. Um, I looks like Deandra has research on it. Um, the anti aging industry worth is at a six hundred and ten billion by twenty twenty five. That is wow. a lot of money in just anti-aging. And it looks like since DeAndre did the research, I'm going to let her actually comment on this because I think she'd probably know more than I do. Yeah, I thought this was um, interesting and it was just something that I've seen on a day-to-day -day just being like on social media, on TikToks. And I think it's just this um, idea of wanting to prevent i think i never thought about mortality immortality in the sense of like wanting to live forever i definitely probably thought about it more as kind of what you're saying like wanting to continue to be youthful and young and look younger and uh, feel young and feel good in my body and i think that's a big industry right now specifically in skincare with like younger women um so I know like for me personally, I did not have a skincare routine with serums and all these things till I was like 26 or 27. And as Sheridan said, like the demographics for these young women going into these beauty supply stores are, you know, eight, seven, nine, you know, you can go on TikTok, you can see a 10 year old doing a get ready with me, you know, with their skincare routine, which 
that was not something at all that we were doing at my when I was that age. Like it's just kind of blown up into this big thing. And I think I think it's it's kind of nice in some ways where I think it's it's nice that young people really care about, you know, keeping themselves healthy. But I definitely see where it could be um a hindrance. Like it can really like stunt maybe the way you're thinking about yourself and your like personal mm-hmm. worth and things like that. Because skincare is it's not cheap. You know, these are expensive products. These children are, you know, asking their parents to buy them. You know, I have had bought, you know, a, you know, moisturizer that was $50, but I'm 31 years old, you know, I'm not 15. So I think it's just a really um, big industry that's popping off. And it's interesting to see just kind of how it will affect kids mentally as they're developing. You know, you know it was it, interesting when I, when I was uh, when I was teaching. One of the things you know, I was involved with the um, with with children and and youth, and um, it, it's really interesting if you asked children, and we did back then, and youth, um, you know, about you know taking care of themselves. You know, for for instance, it's good for your heart health, or it will prevent you know cancer. Or, or what have you. And I remember the, the response that I would get from, from these kids that, wait a minute, I'm not worried about, you know, a heart attack and I'm not worried about cancer. You know, I'm worried about, you know, bad breath and, and, and zits on my face right now, you know, but it becomes more of a reality for, for them if they, if they have a loved one or somebody that perhaps have died. Then they get this aha moment where, you know, it kind of kicks in where, oh, this is what people get sick from. Or, oh, this is what, mm-hmm. what people die from. So it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. Clarence, I've got a question for you. You know, coming what's, from what's the, you know, the, the African American population, and and I'm going to link it with another show that we've done on safety, basically, you yeah. know, with firearms, yeah. etc. Yeah. Do you sense, or get, have you ever um, felt that sense of um, your immortality being compromised because of your safety in in a community, like gun safety, for instance? It's like I don't think, you know, I, do you ever hear um, younger folk in your community saying things like, geez, I don't think I'm going to live until I'm, you know, 60 if I'm lucky, you know, that type of thing, just by bir- virtue of being exposed to more violence, et cetera. Yeah. I, I tell you the truth, this honest truth, I, I never thought I was going to live to be 16. And then okay. I, never, I never thought I was going to live to be uh, past 21. And then when I hit 28, I didn't care, you know. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that we associate the word immortality to safety. I think we associate, and, and again, this is my perception. Yeah. We associate death uh, with immortality. Because for, for many people, uh, it's not about living. It, it, it's It's how do we live longer? I mean, you know, you're you're in a in a in in, in a, a structure in a society where many times, whether it's something that you want to think about or not, 
not. It's always before you. This whole idea about being safe, you know, being being stereotyped, being put into a a a, a, a type uh, that that you always are conscious of. Um, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think that, that that's that that's part of it, Stan. I, uh, you know, and like I said, this is a this is health chatter, and so we. We talk about some things sometimes that are uh, uh, very difficult. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna tell a story. I feel I feel like I, I need to tell this story uh, because it's it's real for me. And um, this whole idea about living a life that you feel is going to be fulfilling and satisfying. When yeah. I was eight years old, I think I may have mentioned this once before. Uh, I lived in Chicago on the West Side, and I remember I lived across the street from a park. And I remember one time uh, walking across the street to the park, and I said to myself, "The white since the white man will never let me be anything, I will never let people know how smart I am." And I remember at that point, I actually saw myself splitting in two. I saw my, I actually saw myself walking. Now I don't know how to explain that. I'm just telling you what I'm just telling you very honestly what I felt. I actually saw myself walking across the street. Uh, and it was it was a it was a profound experience for me. But the, but the the real part was that I didn't know any white people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think I think sometimes when we when we start talking about these various things about immortality about death, it's not necessarily something that 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 uh, we have to personally experience. I mean, Sheridan talked about you know personally experiencing death. I think sometimes it's, it's sometimes it's the culture and the environment in which we live. Yeah. That caused us to think differently. So when I think about immortality, I don't. I think about it as being connected to death and not life. Yeah. If that makes if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. No, it does. Yeah. So you know, um, I have a question for all of us. Um, do any of you have a sense of being scared of dying? Has that ever come across your minds at all? Yeah, um, that's a pretty big question. <laughs> I think it depends on, uh, I think being in public health, we we see a lot of different ways people can die, get sick, get ill, um, accidents, uh, illnesses, cancer, heart attacks. Like we, we look at these statistics all the time. Um, mm -hmm. So I have a growing sense of fear, not necessarily of dying, but being one of the statistics that we work with. But that's a super specific feeling. I also think it's a cultural based thing because a lot of cultures do embrace uh, death and see it as a relief. Uh, it kind of depends on your religious, cultural, a lot of things. Um, and I actually am still in that journey myself. But I do feel that fear towards some of the statistics that we work with all day. Um, go ahead, Deandra. Yeah, I would say I kind of agree in the sense of working in public health. I think I have a, a heightened awareness of all the ways that, you know, life really can be taken from you that, you know, on a grander scale, people aren't thinking about. Um, I don't think it's a natural fear in my life. I actually, in college, throughout college, I worked in nursing homes as an aide. And I think right. that experience for me and just being around a lot of older individuals and kind of being around their last, you know, days or months or years of life. Um, I just don't have a bad perspective on, you know, 
that con the concept of death, I just feel like I've, and you know, they, a lot of these individuals were much older, but some of them were younger. You know, some people, you know, had young early onset dementia, you know, but they just lived such full lives. So I think my ideas and my, um, just how I feel about it is not really very negative, but I think I'm just aware of it much more just from working in public health specifically. Yeah. You know, it's interesting how um, we as, as humans immortalize people. Mm -hmm. So for instance, one way that we immortalize people is through coins. Think about it, you know, a, a quarter, you know, has, um, uh, you know, President Washington on it, or a penny has, has Lincoln on it, a half dollar has Kennedy on it. So we immortalize certain people. It doesn't have to be presidents. We've, we've you know, on, on, on coins, we immortalize other, other people as well. Yeah, Sheridan. Yeah, to continue your point, Stan, I even feel it's easier than ever to immortalize people now with the internet, with mm -hmm. um, yeah, these health yeah. chatter podcasts are going to live longer than we are. Um, not to mention also, my dad does uh, YouTube for, he he makes these videos for pe people, kids that maybe grew up without a dad or a figure in their life that would teach them how to change their oil in their car or how to do these basic things like put windshield wiper fluid in their car, um, how to fix brake pads, like really simple things that maybe they didn't have a figure in their life that would be able to show them how to do that. So it's just this Midwestern dad um, showing people, here's how you do this. And this is his, uh, he feels that this is one of his gifts um, to people and also that it's a way for him to kind of be immortalized. He will always be immortalized as a Midwest dad that likes to help people fix their cars and boats. And I think that that's kind of lovely. So I think it's easier now more than ever. Yeah, we have we have different, certainly different methods in order to um, communicate our our thoughts about health and and death and 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 dying, and our no. lifespans, etc. Yeah, Stan, you know what I think, I, Sheridan. Thank you for for that. I'm I'm going to talk to you about your dad after after the show here. Okay, uh, but. Um, I think one of the things too that you brought up was the fact that uh, because of the internet, because of the, the, the social and the communication medias that we have right now, uh, people are seeking in a, a variety of different ways to be immortalized. Some of it's good and some of it's not so good. You know, some of it is that, you know, I'm going to do something so heinous that I'll always be remembered for that. And I, I think that that's part of the Part of the uh, the challenge that we have with this with this whole thought is that people are uh, people seek it. I mean, they don't talk about it as much, but people are seeking to be always remembered. I mean, that's why so it's, it's why so I think sometimes it, 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 in our lives people do things to uh, to make us remember them because people want to feel like they have some value. And I think that it's uh, it's an important with this particular topic. There is so much to delve into, but it is so uh, it's so it, it, it's so real for us. I mean, it's almost like breathing. We as human beings, you know, we want to be remembered. I mean, that's why you, that's why we, we you know we we do the things that we do. Yeah, you know, it's interesting too. Is how we today 
react to the diseases of our time mm -hmm. versus diseases that um, took place a long time ago. So, so imagine just for a second, you have this idea of immortality in your head, but mm -hmm. you're living in a time where uh, there's a lot of infectious disease going around, like mm -hmm. typhoid or malaria mm -hmm. or um, tuberculosis, uh, cholera, diphtheria. Um, COVID. And, and, yeah, okay. So, you know, that's one of our time. Yeah. And then, okay, then you, you fast forward. And, and, and by the way, the, many of those diseases that, that I mentioned, and there are others, were able to be um, reduced down to that causative agent. And we, you know, we yeah. could vaccinate against it. So sure. we provided protection in order to um, enhance our immortality. All right, mm -hmm. then you you know you fast forward to the diseases of our time that we're living with, you know, um, cancer, heart disease, where there isn't you know a um, a magic bullet, sure. so sure. to speak, and 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 what we have is um, things that we we try to tell people about in mm -hmm. order to uh, combine hopefully will be some sort of a vaccination. So you take, you know, cholesterol medications or you mm -hmm. exercise or, but that combined components of these things, it, we, we call it the synergistic effect. There's many, many variables that are causing the disease, but if you address them all somehow or other, you're getting this new kind of vaccination that will keep you living longer. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Exercise until you're blue in the face or take this medication or that medication um, will help you. So we're, we're dealing with differences today than we did yesterday. Yeah. Sheridan. I actually feel like this brings me to some something from Deandra's research. Uh, some things I think are the same, um, but just a little different. Like, for example, uh, commonly throughout history, blood was seen as a popular anti-aging remedy. And today there is a big push for anti-aging, like immortality. I believe the guy's name is Brian Johnson. He's a tech entrepreneur yep. and he takes the blood of his younger son and infuses it with his own. And so it seems like even some of these things that we used to do to be immortal make their rounds again, they come back. And I think that even that uh, Amazon's got their teeth into some anti-aging like cell rejuvenation thing. Um, Google has their teeth in it too. It seems like it's a pretty hot topic right now. And it seems like it's kind of always been. Um, and some of the some of the tactics or techniques that people think that they can achieve immortality have not changed, which I find quite amusing. You know, it's one of the things I think, and I thank you for bringing that up again because I, I always have this 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 saying that I say, uh, the uh, the color of America is not black or white. The color of America is green. It's about the money, and so if anti aging is going to be the next money maker, that's what that's what what we're going to see. And I think that that's what the what the research is showing is that. People are interested in being immortal. People are interested in, in living a longer, healthier life. And if uh, corporations can find a way to make some money off of that, they're going to do that. So I'm not a, 
fatalist. I guess I'm I, I'm trying to be a realist. I mean, that's at my age, that's what I what I'm finding. I don't know what do you think, Stan? Is it about you know, the money? It, well, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it there's always um a creative component to um trying to keep us all younger, healthier, uh, live longer. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and it, it, you know, for a lot of us that are, you know, in the, in the public health field or, or the medical field, we're, we're kind of driven by um, research behind it yep. all. Okay. Yep. Just don't go with it just because somebody says it's, you know, mm -hmm. it's good. Okay. You know, I was I was driven by this. I was reading this the other day in the paper. Circadia bugs, you know, these these bugs that come out sure. once every 17 years. They right. they they hatch and come out again. And I'm thinking, God, if we were all circadia bugs, just think about that for a second. What <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, you know, you come out, you take a look at the world, you know, 17 years later, every 17 years, you come out yeah. and you take a look at the world, and you say, Jeez, what the hell is going on here? You know, it's like exactly what, what did I miss by hibernating for so long yeah. here? You know, um, and maybe we should adjust this life cycle that we're on because we could take advantage of some of these these things going forward. But they're they're it's kind of an interesting little creature. Um, you know, well, Stan, I, let me say this real let me say this real quick, Stan. Some mornings I wake up after a night's sleep and I feel the same way. Like, what the heck is going on? You know what I mean? So it's uh it it's it, it's it's you know, life is life is quite interesting. Yeah. Which okay, and which brings me to this point about immortality. Um life experiences mm -hmm. and um and in our overall experience, whether it be just life experience, work experience. Or, or what have you, and how has that, how does it affect your perception of living? What's your sense of that, Clarence, as you've gotten now, older? Now that I've gotten older, um, I think, I, I, you know what, I, I think uh, my life experiences has, I think it, when it comes to mentality, I think what my life experience has taught me is I need to pass it on. Okay, if if you know my 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 goal in life is, and I think this was a saying that I that uh that I learned when I was a little kid. It says that when I die, I want to have positively impacted two people. So so my immortality would be to pass on the experiences that I've learned in this life to other people, and that way I feel like my life has been a success. So I, I think that that that's a it, it's kind of a uh, uh, maybe a roundabout way of saying of answering your question, but it's really how I feel. I mean, the the, the fact is that I've learned a lot. I want to share a lot, and uh, I feel like then then I will have done something positive in this life. Yeah, um, you know, for our listening audience, we did a show on um, legacy, basically, with Doctor mm -hmm. Barry Baines. You know. What's what's your your legacy, and what is it that you want to make sure that you at least share, right? Before um, you leave this world, um, you know the what you've learned that you think um, will have impact 
going forward for you know your children, your grandchildren, what have you. Um, that's why, Stan. I think that's why people protect their names. You know, they they want to have they they, they they want their names to live on. Uh, they want to invest in their yeah. children. They want to you know they want to do something so that that beyond their their existence on this earth that that there is something that's said positively about that. So you know, again, I, what I what I think is that we don't talk about immortality like we're talking about it now. But we yeah. talk about it in a variety of other. We use a lot of. We, we we translate a lot of other words to say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that's interesting. You bring up a good point. It's like we carry on our names. So mm -hmm. even if we even if we're gone, our name is basically immortalized mm -hmm. going going forward, one mm -hmm. way or 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 the other. Mm -hmm. To a certain extent, that's what what cemeteries are about too. Yeah, you know, when you go to when you go to a cemetery, you see the names of all these 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 people, yeah. and um, you it causes you to reflect mm -hmm. when you're when you're at a cemetery about you know who's there and what did mm -hmm. they bring to this world, you know, mm -hmm. before they they passed on, and mm -hmm. and we've we've marked them, you know, mm -hmm. with a gravestone or 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 mm -hmm. or what have you. And um, it's an interesting concept when you, I think, when you think yeah, about that. Yeah. I think one of the stories I always heard, I don't know if we, we said this before, but when you go to a cemetery, you have, usually you have the, the date of birth and you, you have the date of death, but then there's a dash there. And you ask the question, what happened during the dash? You know what I mean? Exactly. After, Between yeah, those, yeah. those starts and ends. Exactly. What did you do? You know right, what happened? Right, what did yeah. you leave to the world? And I think that that's yeah. that, that's important. I want to go want to go back to this to this thing that that was brought up by both Deidre and Sheridan, which is this uh this Brian Johnson person, uh and his quest. I mean, you know, besides I didn't I didn't realize that he was doing the blood thing with his, his youngest child, but uh, uh, I think that that uh, people are doing all kinds of things to to be immortal. I mean, for him. You know, it says that he's taking 111 pills every day. I mean, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, I mean, just just to 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 live, and then you don't know if it's going to work or not. You know, I mean, so I think a lot of this is a, a kind of experimental thing. And then uh, um, he wears a baseball cap that shoots red light into his scalp. I don't know what people are doing, but pe people are doing a lot of stuff, a lot of things in order to just. To, to live longer or to be immortal. And uh, it's quite an interesting conversation that uh, uh, that we're having here. So that's that's what I want to say. Like, that's quite interesting. What people are doing in order to to maintain or to gain immortality. Yeah, something, something that I think about when I think about him, because I feel like I'm always seeing his videos, like how-to videos on YouTube is... Like while he's on this quest to either like extend his life or live forever, like what is his quality of life during all of these things? Like mm -hmm. if you're taking 111 pills a day, if you're, you know, if you have to step into these devices and do certain exercise, like, are you like, I guess to him that's living, but to me, that's like, when do you have time to enjoy what life has to offer? Yeah. Like you've spent yeah. your whole time living trying to extend your life like so I just yeah I feel like I am just constantly thinking about that too yeah yeah I appreciate that 
Patty. You know, by the way, we aren't the we aren't the first ones to think about immortality. I mean, you know, it's for instance, um, the classic of internal medicine that was written written by the Yellow Emperor in the fourth century BCE. It's the oldest known treaty written in the Chinese language, and in it, the Yellow Emperor wrote, "People lived." to a hundred years. Now keep in mind that fourth century, you know, if you live to a hundred years, that was a long, 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 long time. People lived to a hundred years and remained active and did not become decrepit. And then a colleague of, of his Lao Tzu in the fourth, in the third century uh, wrote in the happy land that Lao Tzu describes, people were gently following nature without wrangling and strife. Men and women wandered freely about in company. Marriage plans and betrothals were unknown. And not until the age of 100 did they die and disease and premature death were unknown. Mm. So it's, it's like, this has been going on a long, long time, this concept right. of living just living right. a long, long time. You know, I saw, I was uh, in, in looking at, at some of the work here. Uh, there was a book written in 1936 called The Illusion of Immortality. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I started reading some of the things and it was like, it was very interesting. So I didn't get a chance to read a lot of it. But I know, as you just said, it's this is not something, a topic that has been, you know, just new. You know, a lot of times it's, it's something that people have been thinking about for a long time. A long time and so it's just part of i think it's just part of being a human being is that you know how long can i live is your life after death i mean what what you know what what what's going on in, in this thing those so those are questions that people are are, are pondering about and and so you know our, our goal here today is to really incite people to just uh, you know have a conversation and you know, we as human beings are are kind of unique, I guess. We have a sense of being able to think about the future, or at least right. think about it, without knowing what the future necessarily will bring. But right. we also we also can reflect on the past. Right. Animals, you know, like you know, like my dog, they think only in the present. They don't have a sense of a future and and past. So for them, it's in in the moment and you know maybe maybe there's something healthy about that do you know where um it you just live for for right now and just keep keep going all right there's the and and perhaps that's why we we really embrace our pets because they have that that sense and they bring that to us yeah you know, final thoughts go ahead yeah, no, I was just saying uh, that is, you know, so many people are living life is like this is the only life that we get. And so that, therefore, there's not a, a lot of concept or thoughts about immortality. But I do think that, you know, you can do that. But, but there's something about life, you know, and I think Sheridan kind of alluded to this. There's something about life. You, you go home living like that. There's something about life that this question will come up. And so it's just great to be able to have a, uh, to be able to, to talk about it at this point. Yeah, yeah. And and 
and frankly, some of the, you know, we will be able to chat about this even more when, you know, new, um, new medical science comes out on, on yeah. certain things. Like, you know, if we saw in the paper today, just for argument's sake, um, that there's an actual vaccination that would prevent cancer, all the different cancers. You take this one shot and that's it. You don't have to to worry about cancer anymore. Well, think about that. It's like, wow, for how many years have have we been worried about, you know, cancer and its treatments, et cetera, and disease management. And now all of a sudden, boom, we have the cure. And what what implications does that have for our sense of immortality? Last thoughts, Sheridan, anything? Yeah, I actually, I think I want to tie everything. Everybody had such great points and I kind of want to tie in a few themes from this episode. Um, what Clarence said earlier on our, on our tombstones, we have the day we were born, a dash and the day we die. And I think I want to ask readers, what do you want to do with your dash? What do you want to do? Your time is now. And as much as we don't want to think about death, that dash is happening now and you get to decide what that looks like. You get to decide who is in your life. If someone is making your life a living hell, get them out of it. There, there is no need. Why waste any of your precious time on people that do not make your dash feel like a good time? So just think about that. Even if you're, even if you're my age, you know, you feel like you have all this time left, but you only have so much time in the body that you're in with the mind that you have. So you might as well use it to the fullest of it, it, your extent of what you think is best. You know, it, it, it's interesting. I don't see it as, as a dash. I see it as kind of a squiggly line that has its ups and downs and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as you go, maybe it should be a squiggly line <laughs> I love between, that. The, between your birth <laughs> and your death. <laughs> A little more accurate representation of that time. Of life, frame. yeah. 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 <laughs> Deandra, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I, too, like, I like what Sheridan said, just kind of, like, living for the now and everything. I think that is something that is, it's really hard to think about. It's really hard to think about, you know, um, you know, no longer being able to do the things that you kind of once were loved and once could do before and just kind of being gone. But I think it's really important to just kind of focus on the present. And but, you know, I think it's always still really nice to make goals and to look towards the future and to, you know, be excited about certain things to happen in your life. I definitely feel like as I get older, like the best times are just really seem ahead of me. Um, and I did not think that when I was in my early 20s. But now, you know, it's just like you just live so much life. You have so much more experiences. And um, I think the best is really yet to come for a lot of people. That's a happy note. That's yeah. a happy note to <laughs> to to end our our show with. I'm hoping that this gets everybody thinking a little bit, and and realizing that um, there is happiness on your dash or your 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 squiggle line. And if you embrace the happiness, perhaps maybe that's what this is all about. <laughs>
So don't forget Maddie. Don't forget Maddie. Maddie. You there, Maddie? Yeah, sorry. We can cut that out. That I um yeah, I don't think I can top. It's hard to give an answer or final thoughts that are like tied up in a perfect bow because it's such a grand question and topic. But yeah, I think what everyone said DeAndre and Sheridan was really eloquently spoken. And I just think for me, I'm trying to, while I get older and realize that life is short and time is precious, just trying to be present every day and enjoy you know, positive and positive things and challenging things and just look for opportunities to lean into everything that life has to offer. So um, that's what I'll say as I continue to kind of wrestle with questions of mortality and immortality myself. But yeah, just being just being present and focusing on on each and every day. Thank you. Yeah. Let's. Your I last mean, I, word. <laughs> thank you. I, I, thank I, you. Yeah. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, I did too. It um, it it kind of puts it all in perspective a little bit on all the different topics that we cover in uh, health chatter. So we hope you, the listening audience, have enjoyed today's episode on the illusion of immortality. We have great shows coming up. Stay tuned and keep connecting with our podcast. Until then, keep health chatting away.